0: But I think more than anything, like sponsors just want somebody who's like excited about them and gets them. They feel like seen in like the pitch of it of like, oh, you really get us. Oh, this person's going to be a lifetime evangelist for us. Like, let's work with them.
1: Welcome to Latitude, the show for freelancers, founders, and creators about all the non-business parts of running a successful business. I interview folks who are defining work for themselves. We look at the mindset and methods it takes to create the latitude you need to do your most creative work. This week, I'm talking with Brendan Hufford. Brendan is a self-described regular AF human and beast at SEO. We talk about questioning the path you're on, the shame you feel when business isn't doing quite as well as you'd hoped, and solo company retreats. Then we get a little more tactical and discuss using sponsorships for monetization. We also dive just a little bit into SEO and how it mirrors building a business in general. All right, let's do it. Well, Welcome to the show, Brendan. I'm really excited to have you here on the first ever episode of Latitude. So to kick it off, why don't you give folks just a brief overview of who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I am a teacher turned entrepreneurial marketer. And I say teacher because we let 18 year olds decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives and take on a bunch of college debt, uh, which I did. I sat in Ithaca College in the you know, one of the cafeterias with, uh, if you're old, you remember the big like thick course catalogs. And I looked through and decided my major was going to be in education because I like school. So why not just be in schools the rest of your life? Um, I went to school for that. And then eventually kind of just, you know, fast forward, I was pretty dissatisfied with it, started some websites, grew more dissatisfied with my career, ended up staying and teaching for 10 years, which is awesome, did some really good work. And then, after building some little e-commerce companies and some kind of blogs that are monetized through like an email list and affiliates and sponsors, I sold those. And I had a couple friends that were local businesses that needed help with marketing. And I was like, well, I could try and help them with social media, but none of my social media tricks work anymore because Facebook reaches like less than 1%. Um, But I'm pretty good at SEO. So why don't I just double down on that and help them with that? And I started helping them out for free and built some case studies. And that led to more clients and just kind of kept building that while I was teaching. And then Jason Zook one day was just like, Hey, man, why don't you instead of trying to build your own agency, why don't you just go work at an agency, then you don't have to teach anymore. And you can have this like aligned life. And I had genuinely never considered that. I had thought that the path, you know, I'd been sold by like the online entrepreneurial, you know, shtick where it was just like, quit your day job, take the leap, be free. And it was like, oh, that doesn't sound like very free at all. Like I have little kids and a wife that depend on me. And the idea of like quitting my day job and hoping I get SEO clients scares the heck out of me. And insurance can change every four years in this country, apparently, which is another scary proposition. And um, yeah, so I ended up taking a position. Uh, I got asked to join the team at Click Studios and I'm the SEO director there. Uh, And I oversee the SEO for our SEO clients, but also for big web projects like, you know, quarter million dollar, half million dollar web projects where it's like, do not break their organic search traffic as we redesign this website, uh, which is monumental task. It's really important. Um, So they're one of the few web design agencies that employs a full time SEO director just for the web design work. So I get to do that. And then obviously being in the industry long enough, I kind of grew dissatisfied with the content that was out there around SEO. Um, A lot of the guru thought leaders are people who are like, I'm a digital marketing expert based on how popular my digital marketing blog about how much of a digital marketing expert I am is. Um, Shout out Neil Patel. And they don't really have any like successes outside of that. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think that advice works. You know, I watched a video the other day, uh, one of Neil Patel's videos. I'm always trying to like learn and give people the benefit of the doubt. And it was all about getting more SEO clients. And I'm like, well, this guy gets a lot of leads to his website. Maybe he's got something good. And the advice he gave was to email, look up a startup, find out everything wrong with the SEO of their website, and then email their investors, Email their investors and say, hey, this startup you just invested in, they're doing everything wrong for SEO. Here's everything they're doing wrong. Um, I think I can help them fix it. And it's like, that's how you get clients? Don't tell people that, like blackmailing a startup by like making them look bad in front of their investors. Like they're not, even if you end up working together because the investor makes them work with you, it's like. Two kids that hate each other and the mom's like, you two play. Like it's not ever gonna work out. So, anyways, all this advice was awful. Um, and I just was really it was just unfounded and stuff. And I was like, I need to make my own stuff. So I kind of set out on this path of creating videos and podcasts and blog posts about the work that I do.
1: Awesome. And so I mean it sounds like um both with kind of taking that journey to move towards SEO and then also like questioning questioning it along the way. Um it sounds like sort of what you're saying is that you have to like question both the path that you're on, but also kind of the path of that you're being sold.
0: And that I never questioned the path I was being sold. I've spent insane money on like business coaches that didn't work out and it was really bad. It was always more than I should, but I got sold on like some Tony Robbins line of like, if you can't do it, you must do it. And I'm like, I must do this. They're right. This is my destiny. Um, It was really hard, like, trying to figure out that path. And, like, also dining at the buffet of online business, like, trying everything. Podcasts, webinars, digital products, coaching. Like, I was trying to do everything um, just to see and figure it out. Um, So, trying a lot of stuff really helped. But then also, yeah, like, just wondering, like... And even now, like, I'm so happy. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. And my life isn't easy. It still has challenges, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, But, like, I have a, quote, day job. That's not really a day job. Like, I'll get Slack messages at 11.30 p.m. that I think people are assuming I would respond to the next day. But I'm up. So, like, if you want help with, like, a pitch that we're doing for this huge web project and you want some SEO data in that pitch to show we, like, really did our homework and know what we're talking about... I'm going to do it at 11am. So it's or 11pm. Like it's not really a nine to five, but like, I like having this job, but I also love doing all of this other stuff on the side. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way, but I didn't, I didn't realize that was a possibility. And now the more I do this, the more I see people that are like, Oh, I do that too. And I'm really happy. And I'm like, right. Like that's, this is another way to do it.
1: Totally. And I mean, I I think that's like something that we've all seen, like with online business is the path is to kind of go from full time to like creating your own thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be as black as, as black and white. Um, and I mean, I kind of ended up doing like the freelance stuff, like almost accidentally and like really found that I enjoyed it. Um, But it was it's kind of like having that overlap is what allows you to do your day job really well and also kind of allows you to do um, some of the side stuff well as too. I think
0: building on what you said, like, I just want to eliminate the shame people feel because that for a lot of people, they freelance or they do digital products, they try to go on their own. And it doesn't work out because it turns out this is really hard. And then there's all this shame around like, well, I had to go get a job and now I work at this place or, you know, I, am not going to name names, but I have a really good friend who has this amazing tech product and it's, it's getting there, it's getting traction and it's, he's figuring out all this stuff, but he still has a day job. And I think there's a lot of like, well, he's not like full time on it. Like who cares? You know, I, I just don't want people to feel shame whether you still have a day job or you quit your job and went back to a day job, or you have like, however you've structured your thing, like, just optimize for being happy. Like, it doesn't matter what that mix is.
1: Totally. And I, and I think too, so um, like, I'm able to be a little more flexible, because I don't have a family. Um, But like, that's not the case for everyone. Um, And I, I know that's not the case for you. So I mean, it sounds like being able to kind of like support them too, is also like, part of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I didn't have a family, I would probably be living like in some like $300 a month basement apartment, like this weird Spartan, like before (laughs) I, before my wife and I, uh, got engaged, I was living not too far from where I live now, but literally in like just this weird Spartan life of like all my like workout stuff was like in my living room. And I literally like worked out, uh, watched like old japanese like mma dvds and worked and slept and like that was it and it was awesome and i loved it uh, and i'd probably still be doing that but yeah this the having a family uh has really unlocked like some weird interesting stuff in me i feel like i've learned a lot uh looking at myself through the lens of a husband and the lens of a father and i think for a lot of people that do um i don't want to i can only speculate for men right uh i, I don't know I do know that the process, uh, especially as a woman, uh, especially living in the United States, where there's a lot of expectations around women and focusing on family instead of career and all of these other things, I know that it is much harder for women. Um, But I also know that the pressures on men to provide and take care of their family are strong. I feel them. I see them. They're reinforced by my community and my culture. So I think that like a part of it is you know, you don't, you all of a sudden become very risk averse. uh, And that can become difficult. Mm -hmm. That's why I love SEO, because when you kind of build things with organic search, they tend to hold that value and you can move on to a new thing. You can also be anonymous. You don't have to attach like, wait, I thought he was this and now he's that. And now he's doing something else. Like, who is this person? I don't understand. And like, you kind of mess up with your audience a bit. Well, with SEO, you can build properties and just leave them and they will do the thing they're supposed to do and bring in money. And they kind of almost like I I look at it as like a pretty much I'm like a real estate mogul, right? I'm setting up these like rental properties and these other ones I'm flipping and these other ones I'm doing this with. Um, It's really cool and it gives me a little bit of freedom. But yeah, I think that that whole idea of like, am I going to be able to take care of these kids? My wife and I were just talking the other day. Uh, We sent, uh, there's a really great Montessori school by our house and we're blessed to uh, have the opportunity to send our kids there and our oldest is going to public school now and which is great um, and he's in first grade and it was just like you know I was really we were talking about we have three boys should we send them all to Montessori and I'm like that's so we don't have that three kids in Montessori money right now like we might in a year or two but like we don't have that right now and I I just told Liz my wife like it would break my heart to have to look at the boys and be like, I screwed up. Like, you got to go to this other school now. You got to say goodbye to all your friends because dad didn't, you know, dad messed up and like, oh, that's so much pressure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I totally feel that. And it, it's that pressure is quite real. And even if you don't, even if you work for yourself, like it's not a pressure. I don't think it's, um, it's like an apple to oranges comparison, right? Like everything's relative. We all feel pressures in our life. Um, if you don't have a family or you have a, you're married, but you don't have kids or like whatever your situation is, it's all relative. It's like teenagers. They feel like their lives are ending every single freaking day. And you're like, this is not that big of a deal. Well, to them it is. Yeah.
1: And like, that's like the hardest thing that they've ever gone through. And you can see like, (laughs) after the fact that like. Maybe you interpret it differently, but like that experience is still valid. Totally,
0: Everybody's experience. And I think that's a really good word you just use. I don't want in my talking about like family and stuff to invalidate anybody else's experience and the challenges they're going through because they're all very real. Uh, And this is very difficult. Like if you have the audacity to say like, I want to live life on my own terms and have freedom and the ability to do X, Y, and Z, like that's not easy or else everybody would do it, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like um, one way that does kind of inform your work is like you are thinking about building these like longer term assets in the form of SEO, in the form of something that's going to kind of continually get traffic. Um, Do you think that some of those lessons are like applicable to people that are maybe in a different situation than you are?
0: If you're already aspiring to the four hour work week where like you never have to work and you're just your whole life is play. The problem is that the, and this is something I think even Tim Ferriss um, would admit to the people who can achieve a four hour work week are never the people who can enjoy a four hour work week. And the people who would really enjoy a four hour work week mostly are, will never get there because you have to front load the work. Um, I love the Pat Flynn definition of passive income of working hard now to reap the benefits later. Um, you build passive income assets. You don't just like set and forget. It is a lot of work now. And then you can kind of coast on things. I think it's the same. I mean, honestly, we all want more leverage in our life, right? And if I could build something that brought in income uh, on not autopilot, but it all of a sudden would just kind of run itself a little bit like that would be, I think that everybody would benefit from that, whether that's a course or a membership or some sort of arbitrage or some sort of like even freelance work that like, all right, this is going to bring in X and that frees me up to pursue this. That's really helpful. Um, I think everybody could do that, whether you're providing services or again, like digital products or whatever else that doesn't really change. You want that kind of whether it's a pipeline of leads or customers or clients to just be built out. Um, I think everybody could benefit from that for sure.
1: Totally. And I mean, I think too, like you mentioned that it is applicable more than just like a course or something like in my own freelance business, like being able to structure things on more of like a retainer basis, um, does kind of like create, like, obviously you're still exchanging work for money, but it kind of creates that like runway for you to kind of work on more like newer or like, I guess riskier isn't the right word, but um, like different kind of more open-ended projects.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, ah, there's this DHH, one of the, I don't know if he's a founder or what at Basecamp, but like he, he uses this analogy all the time of like, I I find this thread and I just want to pull it and I want to keep pulling on the thread a little more and I want to see what's there and I want to keep pulling on it. It frees you up to pull on those threads a little more and be like, huh? I wonder about this. I wonder about that. You know, I was the other day, I I have all this experience now doing client work and getting clients and keeping clients and building retainers and all these things. And the other day, somebody was asking me about that. And I'm like, I don't talk about that stuff. I talk about SEO a lot. But I wonder if I had a little thing that just was a little product that was really cheap, but created kind of a little membership community around getting clients. And maybe it's you know maybe i just send out a tip every week and it's only like 9 dollars a month or 20 bucks a month or something like i wonder what that would look like and i went down that rabbit hole for a couple of days and i built that and now i have that mm-hmm. and that's awesome and i was able to do that because i have the security of the client work that i have already and i these were you know agreements and things like that that i i can pull out a little time and have a little headspace around like, huh? Like, that's the thing that's really hard um, in a lot of these situations is to zoom out enough and go, okay, what does the next six months even look like? You're so worried about usually fulfilling day to day, whether that's finding a new client or doing the work or et cetera, et cetera, that you don't have time to like plan and think about other things or just let your mind wander even anymore. So yeah, I think that that's extremely, extremely helpful, but also applicable, you know?
1: And so do you have kind of like an organized structure of how you build in that kind of like higher level planning time or does that come more organically?
0: Good question. So, I would like to cool guy everybody right now and be like, "Oh yes, I time block everything in Google Calendar. Super organized, hyper productive. Um I try to do those things. I try to time block my Google Calendar. I try to be organized and make plans and set aside time. Uh, I literally have a block tomorrow of two hours that says long ass bike ride. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a two hour bike <laughs> ride. And I'm, I'm assuming I'll listen to some podcasts and I'll think some things. Um, and I get a lot of time. I don't usually do a lot of thinking when I work out and stuff. Cause I tend to follow a pretty intense training regimen that like you pretty much have to be thinking about the thing you're doing or else you'll get hurt. Mm -hmm. So I don't usually get a lot of time to think there. Honestly, Ryan, like I get most of my thinking done. I've noticed it takes me at least two days of being disconnected before I get out a journal and I'm like, ooh, new ideas. This is fun. I forgot that your brain like does that. If you create a vacuum, it'll fill it with some new ideas and some things. Um, So it usually takes a couple days. uh, And I try to, uh, I have a wife uh, who is extremely supportive of me and uh, pushes for like disconnect time with the family. Like Labor Day weekend, we went up to Michigan uh, and I didn't bring, we got an Airbnb on this beautiful lake, reminded me of the Pacific Northwest. It was amazing, big, huge, like 300 foot tall, probably exaggerating, 300 foot tall trees and all this stuff. And I just sat and like thought I took a rowboat out, took my kids out, rode around this little lake and like just thought about things and talked to them. And it was it was awesome. It ends up happening. But you do. I've found that if I don't personally, if I don't make time for it, it doesn't happen.
1: Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I would totally mirror that. Um, This podcast is coming out of like maybe a month or so ago. I did my first like quote, company retreat, which is just like me going out to an Airbnb two hours from my house for a couple of days. Um, And it is there's there's that first like day or so where you are still kind of like stuck in kind of those loops of like whatever immediately has to be done. Um, And I think just finding ways to break out of that. And it doesn't have to be going away on Labor Day with your family or like going on retreats. But I think whatever it is, finding that time um, to kind of like building in the unstructured time into your calendar is super, super important. Mm-hmm.
0: And I like to build in time that is not Netflix, that is not something like watching YouTube videos. Like that's very easy for me to get into that. Um Like last night I watched 300 for no reason. Why am I watching this? It's so good. It's such a good film. Uh, but it was just like, this is nonsense. Like I should be, go to sleep, my dude. Like, what are you doing? Um, I have to, I, I'm always fighting against my nature, which is to be lazy and unproductive and use some sort of like sedation, whether it's food or film or whatever, Of just like, I don't want to think about things. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm constantly pushing against that. But I love the idea of like the co- the, the workcation, like vacation plus work, uh, the company retreat. Oh, I'm going to call that. I'm going to call it a company retreat now. That's a good idea. <laughs> love it. Yeah.
1: Well, and all my friends are like, aren't you just like leaving for two days? And I was like, yeah, but like <laughs> it's more than that. It's kind of like having this structure built around like this kind of like empty time almost.
0: Mm -hmm. love it.
1: Um, and so I guess kind of then to break it down into, um, more of the day to day. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of assuming here, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you go to work all day, um, you come home, you're like somehow able to create all of these YouTube videos and podcasts and all of these things. Well, kind of like spending time with your kids and with your wife. Um, what is kind of that more like day to day cycle?
0: Yeah, I'm constantly in like this push and pull of like, I want to work hard so I can spend more time with my kids. So I have to sacrifice time with my kids so I can work hard. And it's like, wait, my guy, you already have what you want. Like, what are you doing? So I have a very much like a, uh, I don't know if I'd describe it as such, because I might, I don't want to take away from anybody who actually deals with this as like an issue. But I feel like I have like a highly addictive personality. It's the reason I don't drink Um and the reason if I have one piece of pizza, my brain is like, oh, one piece of pizza is great. How about you just have 10? You know, like, oh, like one doing having one client is awesome. Have 20. Um, So it, it's definitely a balance. Um, And there's a lot of days where I'm like, "Oof," you know, maybe that wasn't the best move. You know, like last night I stayed up really late. And then this morning I slept in and I don't always sleep in. Um, I was very fortunate that my wife let me sleep in. She got the two older boys ready for school, and I woke up when the baby woke up, uh, our one-year-old, around 8.30. And they were all gone, and I'm like, dang, I didn't even get to see, like, my kids this morning. Like, two of my kids, I didn't even get to see them. That sucks. Now I'm going to get to see them for, what, like an hour tonight? That's awful. So it's like a push and pull, but it's a lot of... con. Like, I'm very blessed, again. Like, I can't take credit for this. I'm a very introspective person. Like, my brain is always, like, processing... Are you happy about that? Was that the right decision? How do we fix that? What do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and figuring that stuff out. So I'm constantly like course correcting on it. And it's very easy for me to break out of bad cycles. But it is it is challenging. Uh, I tend to take on too much. My wife would tell you that I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but I do think that it's two things. And this is something she reminds me of constantly. Like The boys are watching me. Like my kids are watching me. Yes, I'm working a lot, but they're seeing the result of that. They're seeing this alternative life where their dad can work from home. And like, I didn't even know that was possible for a long time that people could work from home as much as I do, or, you know, we could have leverage in our life where it's like, well, dad's making money, but like, he doesn't have to work today. Um, Things like that. So yeah, I, it's really a push and pull, but I think the the thing that's most important to me, and this is something I stole from Ryan Holiday that like, for me, at least the greatest like productivity hack, life hack, any sort of hack is really um, that I've been blessed with like a great spouse, uh, who's extremely supportive and aligned. Uh, It hasn't always been that way. It isn't always that way. Like there's definitely ups and downs, but that is a big part of it for me.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think definitely there is kind of that tension between like, you're like super motivated, like you're blessed to be able to kind of work on something that is like really exciting for you. Um, and it is, it, it can be like sort of cyclical because I do think that like, it lets you kind of engage more personally at home as well because you are like satisfied for it, but it can also kind of like take away from that when you're like working super late. Um, So it is, it's a balance for sure. And so do you think you kind of mentioned that you are sort of good with kind of detecting those cycles? Is there kind of anything that you think you can do to encourage like yourself to be able to kind of figure out when you're in those loops or it just kind of comes
0: naturally? It's, you know, it's really hard. The biggest, uh, solution that I found. So I'll give you a fun thing that happened the other day. And then we'll talk like solutions to it. My son's always asking me my six year old, he's like, Dad, I want to help like, I want to help you in your business. And I'm like, bro, I don't know my business is mainly answering emails, like, (laughs) not a lot of help you can do at six. So we like do other stuff and everything. But I want to encourage him to be entrepreneurial, right? So the other day, I was like, well, help me with this. So here's what his job is. Now. He is my time management consultant. And every night, he goes, dad, do you have a schedule for tomorrow? And I always do. So I say yes. And he's like, he looks at me and I, he like leans in and he looks at me and he's like, is it realistic? And no matter how many times he asks me that, the answer is always no. Like I've always like not made time to like even go to the bathroom during the day. I'm just hour to hour to hour to hour. So I'm like, no. And he's like, can I help you? And I said, sure. So he gets in my Google calendar and he knows how to make the time blocks bigger and smaller and drag them around. Maybe you should do this on Friday. And he's six and he's probably doing a job that if he were to help a CEO with that, he would be a full time living as an adult. And he's doing it at six years old. You know, the other day there was something where I was he was like, asking me about some tasks that I had. And I was like, yeah, that's a really important one. He's like, well, the box looks really small. Wow. All right. Well, that's like a $10,000 consulting session from my six year old that I just got where he, t- you know, he just told me like, hey, man, that looks really important to you. And it doesn't look like you're dedicating enough time to it every week. Like, wow, thanks, dude. You're he's like my business coach now, you know? So that's been really awesome, like involving him with it. As far as like, course correcting, you know, the the, the biggest problem is and the biggest thing I struggle with and think a lot of people struggle with, is the anxiety of knowing you're in like a bad spiral or you're making not the decisions that are aligned with your real values, but not being able to get out of it. And one of the things that I learned early on is like, just you have to string together some wins and then all of a sudden other things get easier. The same reason like making your bed in the morning helps you be more disciplined throughout your day. Cause you get some of those early wins and um, especially like when I'm spiraling, I found that like, Working out consistently, getting outside consistently, and then like drinking, I know it sounds silly, drinking a gallon of water a day uh, and reading like 10 pages a day uh, has been extremely helpful for me uh, in becoming more disciplined and pull out of those like bad spirals where I'm not sleeping enough. Um, Like I had, I've never had like major health problems, but like for a while, like part of my left hand was going numb and my right eye was twitching all the time. And it was just like, what are you like? This is not good. There's something wrong here. Um, and pulling out of that was just about getting some wins under my belt. All right. I have a consistent this. Now I can build on that and build on this. Um, and I think it's, I find a lot of trends cause it, it works very much the way SEO does of like, all right, let's just get this taken care of. And we can move on to the next thing. And these bricks tend to stack. Um, and I, i found a lot of success that way.
1: Awesome. And so I think kind of one thing I want to pull out of that, um, is I think it's like easy to mention like, okay, fitness, sleep, like good food. Um,
0: (laughs) Almost impossible to do, right? like
1: (laughs) Yeah, we all know those are important. It's it's kind of hard to remember like the first step. Um, And I don't know if you've seen like the James Clear, like 1% better every day leads to like 37 times after Mm -hmm. a year or something. And so what would you say kind of for you is like, that first step that sort of changes that like downward spiral into that, like more virtuous cycle. Mm,
0: that's a really good question. Uh, so it took me so long to read atomic habits after I bought it. Cause I just did not want to face the fact that my life was a freaking, I felt like I would, ha- I would then be accountable for what a freaking mess I was. And it was just like, I don't want to read this book because I have to think about like, Oh, it's so awful. So I think that that that's like a biggest red flag for me. Like, am I avoiding things? Um, am I trying, do I know I need to do this, but I'm not doing it as far as like getting back into a more virtuous cycle for me, for me, at least it's, I have to start with like something that's so easy and silly, kind of like, you know, flossing and stuff. It's like just floss one tooth. Um, for me, I don't know. I I've been, it, it's hard for me to give advice around this and I'm just going to be honest because I default to action. I default to sending out emails with a bunch of typos in them. I default to launching things before they're ready. I default to like just doing something. And it's a little bit easier, I think, for me, because I get out of my head a little bit easier about stuff. But I know that's not the case for everybody. I think a big part of it for me, and it's been this mixed bag of like trying to understand why I'm doing things, like why it actually matters and what I actually want. Um, But then, you know, you figure that out and I'm just being honest, like you figure out your why and you're like, all right, I'm doing it because of this. This is what I want my life to be like. And then you just feel bad. It makes you feel worse because you're like, now I can see the end goal. And now I feel even worse that I'm not getting there every single day. I'm actually taking two steps back every single day. All right. Well, crap. Now I'm like deeper in this like pit of despair. Um, More knowledge is never the answer. More like, wow! Well, if I read this new blog, like, let me read one more blog mm. post. Let me watch one more Matt Diavella YouTube video and figure, like, you know. But even Matt, like, I, if, if people that aren't familiar with Matt Diavella, um, you could probably screw up spelling his name as much as you want on YouTube and you'd still find him because he is brilliant. He's a really good filmmaker, um, has a really a lot of helpful stuff to share, but he, um, even deals with a lot of like issues around anxiety and stuff. And a lot of it for me is just like. Like I said, the virtuous cycle starts with like just getting a win. Um, And for me, most of that is movement, like going out for a walk, uh, going out for a run. And I hate running. I'm like a larger human. So like running is not like I'd rather like, you know, have a huge deadlift or like big squat numbers or like, you know, throw weights around in my garage than like actually run a mile. But it's just doing something a little bit challenging. And it always helps. I know this sounds silly. It helps like having somebody to share it with. Like having somebody else to go through it with. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's not my spouse, somebody who's not my kids, but a friend, um, somebody I trust that will, you know, similar to like a mastermind group in business um, who is willing to like pursue goals with me. I've always found that to be like one of the most important things to like keep going forward. Just not beating myself up about stuff. You know, like it can change at any moment. Like things can turn around and you'll look back and be like, when did I turn that around? oh weird it was like that that's what changed i followed a new person on instagram and they posted a workout and i was like that looks like fun and i went and did the workout and then everything like the trajectory of everything changed so like not beating myself up every single day and sinking deeper and deeper into stuff um i think is a reason why i can kind of default to action because i'm just like hey man this could change any minute you know
1: Mm -hmm. well and i I think that like um accountability point is so important too because not only do you have someone there that like has some positive expectations of you um but like you're sharing something that you enjoy like and they can get you out of like out of your head because they kind of have that more like objective perspective of it so I think it's kind of like there are so many kind of ways that just being able to like have like one other person there and that can be like going to the gym with someone or it can be just like tweeting out that you're going to the gym like even that can be kind of like
0: motivating I feel like yeah I have a couple friends that when I uh I post like a lot of workout stuff in my Instagram story because it's fun and I like the platform for storytelling but they'll always like you know like chirp back at me on there and like I'm chirping and like it's like a sports term of like trash talk back at me about like what I'm doing like I'll post something and I'll be like that was awful and horrendous and they're like that's all you did really and it's just like But I know that they're watching. I know that like we're talking back and forth. And like that is, I find that to be like really motivating.
1: Now, before we jump into the next question, I want to pause for a minute and talk a bit about Podia. Podia is a platform for creating and hosting online courses, digital downloads, and memberships. More than that, though, Podia is a company that believes in and supports creators. They don't just build course software. They really enable people like us to do the work we love. I'm a long-time Podia user, along with a few of the guests on the show. My Podia course has directly led to thousands of email subscribers and five figures in revenue. As a designer, I definitely have a tendency of tweaking and perfecting everything, but most of the time that's not what actually makes a difference. Podia makes it easy to focus on creating content that's useful and valuable, rather than getting distracted by design edits or a long technical setup process. It doesn't matter if you're an expert developer or creating your first-ever digital product. Podia makes it fast and easy to create something that not only looks good, but converts well. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably working on creating something. Whether that's an app, a course, or an entirely new business, creating something out of nothing is hard, but Podia makes creation a little bit easier. They're offering 15% off for life to listeners of the Latitude podcast. To get your discount or to just learn a bit more, go to podia.com latitude, or there's a link in the show notes. All right, let's get back to the interview. We've gotten a pretty good sense of sort of how you've started to kind of create your habits, um, how you've kind of done that stuff now. I want to kind of jump back a little bit to like when you were teaching, um, because I think that's like, first of all, I think that's kind of a common thread. Um, I think you're still a teacher in some sense, um, whether that's like how you describe it or not. Um, But I also think you've kind of mentioned like, recognizing when to like push through those challenges. Um, and I'm curious kind of how you recognized that, like when you were maybe like more dissatisfied with your career at that point, um, how you were able to recognize like, Oh, this isn't something that I need to like push through. This is something that I need to kind of like transition.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good observation. I think so. I've always, my whole life, I realize that now my wife and I were just talking about it over the weekend. Uh, I feel like I reference her a lot because we spent a lot of time talking. We like over communicate things, but I've always my whole life and I couldn't see it until I was an adult. I'm 35 right now. I've like pushed through a lot of stuff and conti- I will continue to do things that do not serve me. Um, like I played sports my whole life and I was always like the worst kid that still made the varsity team. So I didn't get cut, but I just never played. And that's a, that's a sucky feeling. And also, like, I didn't have anybody in my life to be like, hey, bro, you just also are not that good. Like, why don't you just get better? Why don't you just practice more? Like, nobody, I didn't have anybody in my life to, like, see that angle of things of, like, hey, man, maybe you could probably just get stronger. or Like, maybe go for a run instead of eating 20 pieces of pizza tonight. Things like that. But I've always still, like you said, like, push through things. And I've always, like, whether it's the sports stuff or you know, when I first started my uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu brand and we got our first order of uniforms in and the colors bled everywhere and I instantly lost $2,000, which was like all of my money, but I still was like, all right, cool. Like, what's the next step? And it never dawned on me to like stop and or, or just be like, all right, I'm giving up on that. We'll try something else. Like, I just keep going with things. I think what's interesting about the teaching thing is because I realized very quickly uh, there was... So much outside of my control. Now let's let's look at like deciding I decided to leave in year five and I then went deeper into it, got my administrative license, became an assistant principal for two years Realized that wasn't for me. It turns out the job of managing teachers is a very different job than being a teacher. Nobody told me, literally, nobody told me. Everybody was like, dude, you're the best teacher in the school, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're going to be a great leader, all these things. And I became a leader, and all my teachers were like really bad. And I didn't know, I was like, why don't you just be good? Just be less bad. um So I left that after two years, went back to teaching just to get more leverage in my life. But like still along those lines, like I knew in year five or so it was time and I had a plan and I was moving forward, but I didn't leave until year 10. So I still stuck with that as long as I could. Um, and I think that a, a big thing like deciding in, in this and this will I think you could probably relate to this and understand this because it's something uh, our mutual friend Jason Zook talks about a lot is that like there's a difference between like stopping and quitting stopping something that no longer serves you, you're not a quitter. Quitting is when like things are hard. And I think that's the crux of your question of like deciding when is something hard and I'm kind of just hitting a roadblock. And when is it like, this is not helpful for me. This is not what I want in my life anymore. Stopping my jujitsu company, deciding to sell it and stuff like that. Um, Those were like big kind of crucial moments in my life. And I think that the biggest thing that helped me like, do all of that was a going through like being open to going through a mourning process, stopping something you've put a lot of time and effort into. You need to mourn that. Like you're going to feel sad. You're going to feel confused. And then not defining myself by that thing that I had built by my career, by my business, finding, you know, deciding who I was um, in my family and my faith and all of these other things. And then like looking at myself that way and being like, all right, this is just a thing I did for a little bit and it's no problem. I can move on from it. Uh, really realizing that was a really big thing. And also having enough, um, exposure to things like people listening to this podcast and stuff, you're being exposed to like bigger ideas and different ways of thinking when you're exposed to that enough, all of a sudden, like it changes your mindset and you're like, all right, I don't have to limit myself to what I'm doing right now. And I could understand that I was stopping and not quitting.
1: Cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like something that I totally identify with. Um, Cause I did like the whole Silicon Valley thing for like a little over a year and had definitely like been checked out of it after a certain point, but like continued to work. Um, didn't really have any intentions to leave until I was kind of like pushed out of the door because it was obvious that like that, like motivation or that passion wasn't there anymore. Um, and then, I mean, through that, like, yeah, um, obviously that was like part of my identity. Um, and so kind of like breaking away from that, I think is always hard, but is kind of like a big way to take that next step forward. And then eventually like through that, that's like how I met my fiance and how I like discovered entrepreneurship and like all of these other things that were like so beneficial um, just by kind of like being able to like put yourself in that like uncomfortable situation almost.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it it is getting you see all those memes and stuff on instagram that's like success is just outside your comfort zone and usually people post those memes and then it's like buy my product um if it feels uncomfortable to buy my product that's a good thing uh (laughs) like that's how they sell that stuff first of all if somebody's selling that to you that way that like you feel hesitant about buying this that means you should uh it's a great marketing tactic but it's also really really lame however like you see those things but there is a lot of truth in like you are going to go through periods of I think more than what we struggle with than being necessarily uncomfortable is just being unclear about like where we're headed and what we're doing. This um, I've, I've noticed recently in my life, I've had this strong feeling of hope about the future. I have a plan for the next year and a half. I know what's happening. I know I'm working towards and I'm just keeping myself like open and I'm, I'm not a very woo woo person. And this sounds very woo woo, but like, just being open to that like serendipitous, like, Hey, I want to have you on my podcast. Hey, cool. Like new friend. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you get to meet new people and talk to other people and you're starting a podcast. You're going to meet so many people and build so many relationships and all of this stuff. And it's, you know, the relationships you have are going to get deeper and all of these things. Like, I think like looking at that and being open to it, all of a sudden I have this feeling of hope and it is, I've defined like this feeling of hope is the best thing That I've ever felt in my life because I feel it around like my family and my kids and my business and everything else too, my career but that's what I want to bottle and I want to like give to people is like that's the thing that you want to like chase and build towards like what does it take for you in your life to have that hope for the future of like today is hard but I understand I'm on the path to this other thing that I want to do and when you have that that feeling of hope like I, I don't know. I feel like people are just unstoppable.
1: Totally. Well, and I mean, I I think that's like a great definition of like being uncertain versus uncomfortable because that hope does live in that uncertainty because there is something that can be like almost optimistic about like not knowing the outcome. And I think that's a really important distinction because like I was comf- I was uncomfortable like doing a job that I didn't love. Like you were uncomfortable like it like advising teachers even more so than like teaching Mm -hmm. teachers. Um, But because it had that certainty of it, that's why kind of like you're able to push through it um, when it is something that maybe you should like stop rather than like the idea of like quitting or giving up. Awesome. So I guess kind of the the last couple questions I had, one thing that I've noticed that you're doing and that I've seen kind of like a lot of other folks doing um, and even something that I'm doing is... Seeking more of like a sponsorship model rather than just like selling products and courses and things like that. So maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about 100 Days of SEO, kind of how that came to be, and then um, how the sponsorship side of things came to be.
0: Kind of like we talked about, the the reason I started 100 Days of SEO is because of something I wanted to put out in the world. I wanted to make this media... I know that I index really well. It's funny, working in SEO, I feel like I index way better uh, over audio and video than I do over my writing. It's funny that like I my job is a lot of writing, mostly. But I wanted to put this stuff out in the world. I want to make videos and podcasts about SEO, and I wanted to help people and teach people. And I was just answering so many questions via email and in Slack groups and everything else. It's the same way I started, to be honest with you, my first business. Um, I was answering so many questions in forums about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that I just made a website about it. I was telling everybody where to go uh, when they came to Chicago. I knew all the gyms and all the academies and stuff. And I was like, "Yo, here you're staying. Oh, you're staying here. Go there. So I was like, all right, I made a Jiu Jitsu in Chicago website. And then I like got to learn about gear and stuff. So I made a website about that. Like, I always just end up building businesses around like the questions that people are asking me con- constantly. And then like, I'm answering them. So why not just make it into a thing? Um, So I wanted to like put all of this out there. I had so much to share so much of what was working, I wanted to help my SEO peers, I wanted to help people who could benefit from it. So I started 100 days of SEO because of my, we'll use the 10 pieces of pizza analogy again, like nobody's interested in like five days of SEO. Oh, Brendan made five videos on his YouTube channel. That's cute. Um, But when you tell people, hey, I'm making 300 pieces of media, around this i'm doing like you know it was supposed to be within uh it was supposed to be 100 weekdays so 20 weeks it didn't happen that was uh that was foolish to think that i could pull that off on top of everything else that i'm doing but we're about halfway through the 100 days of seo right now uh so that was the impetus in putting it out and then as if this uh You know, our chat today wasn't enough of a me just fanboying about Jason Sook. Like, I was talking to him about it. And uh, so let's just say this. Uh, First of all, like, Wandering Aimfully, uh, everybody listening should join. Second of all, um, find people in your life. Join their communities. Like find, ask them questions and get answers from people. Uh, It's been really helpful to have access to people. And I found the best way to get access is to pay people for their time. So that's been extremely helpful. And one of the things that I learned from Jason and all of this is really two things. You don't get what you don't ask for. And then along those same lines, uh, don't say no for other people. And I was like, well, I'm going to make this stuff anyways. Why don't I just see if somebody wants to co-sign it, you know, Come on as a sponsor. So I put together a deck, this great slide deck around like, you know, you're it was perfect timing. Uh Hrefs, who's this great SEO company, had just put out a blog post around uh, podcast sponsorship. And they're like, we're not looking, we're not like tracking metrics, and we're not making them use like, here's a code for you to use on the website so we can track it and all these other things. They're like, we just believe in this long term. And I was like, well, if you believe in that long term, have I got a have I got a project <laughs> for you um and I like sold it to him, and I was like, hey man, look like you get uh, you know you're gonna sponsor it for 20 videos and that's 20 videos, 20 podcast episodes, 20 blog posts like you get all of this and here's what else you get and all of these things, oh wait, there's more and like I just kept going through all of these things and like really. Um, it was pretty easy. I was able to get uh, hrefs came on as uh, the kickoff sponsor. Flywheel came on as like a, I, just like a hosting sponsor, but they're amazing. Um, but the best part of all of that is twofold. Uh, number one, money was great. They paid me money to do that. And that was really nice and helpful. Uh, second of all, I got a good relationship with them out of it. Like I know the whole team at hrefs now well, I know the whole marketing team. They have like, I think something like 80% of their employees are developers uh, because it's a really cool tech product. But like, I know the marketing team, the faces of the company. And also like, I got to know people behind the scenes at Flywheel. Uh, They were just acquired by WP Engine. And it was cool to like, be able to call up Jamie Bell, who's their like head of marketing and be like, what what happened? Like, what's going on? How are you guys? Like all of these things. Um, It's really wonderful to like be able to build those relationships. So like, why not? Like those relationships long term will serve me way more than just money or whatever. Um, But the money's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just figured if, if you're going to do it anyways, why not Uh, see if somebody wants to sponsor it and and hop on for the ride, you know?
1: And so was there a conversation around kind of like your audience and your channels and things like that? Or was it more like? They are kind of supporting people doing awesome work in the space.
0: Yeah. So I when I put it together, I went through uh, like a bunch of stuff. I rewatched the like how to get sponsorships course and wandering aimfully. Like I just went through I want to make sure all my boxes were checked. So like I put together a video for them of like, what is the opportunity for you what's my mission doing this? What's the project? Who's it for? What is my audience right now? Look like, why do I want to work with you? Um, and then like, kind of like, here's what you're going to get. And then I kind of went through all of those things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty honest about like my audience and, and exactly why I wanted to work mm-hmm. with them and why I felt like we were a really good fit. I think more than, People want to see your audience. They want to know, like, why you're pumped about working with them. You know, like, why was I stoked about working with Hrefs? And I told them this story. I was like, this is better than any podcast pitch you're ever going to read. That, like, because of Hrefs, I was able to walk into my interview at Click Studios, show them all of this data that they didn't even know about some of their stuff, and be like, here's what I would do, and here's this, and here's this, and here's this. And that's because I had an Hrefs subscription that I was able to walk in and just be like, hey, I did this. And like I showed HRFs, like, I closed my first couple clients because here's screenshots of like what I showed them and here's the money they paid me. And it changed my life and all of these other things. And they like, you know, my income is three X and the time I can spend with my t- my family is, you know, double what it used to be. And all of these things, they were like, yeah, we want you to like say that more in the world. Um, and you just can't, you know, you, you can't like you can't buy that. But it was it was nice to be able to say, like, I had 200,000 podcast downloads and 100,000 YouTube views and, you know, 8,000 social followers and 2,000 email subscribers and all of these things. Like, those numbers are cool, but that's kind of like table stakes is, like, are you sharing this with anybody that already exists that wants this? But I think more than anything, like, sponsors just want somebody who's, like, excited about them and gets them. They feel, like, seen in, like, the pitch of it of, like, oh, you really get us. Oh, this person's gonna be a lifetime evangelist for us. Like, let's work with them. And that's what I, you know, like I I've mentioned Ahrefs every time I've talked about SEO for the last couple of years, you know, and I've mentioned Flywheel every chance I get. And that's great because it's like, why wouldn't I? I would probably share that stuff anyways. But it is it is cool again, like building that relationship and and things like that.
1: Cool. Yeah. And I mean, I think like everyone that's listening to this has probably heard the advice that they like should be building an audience. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting that you're not saying like, Oh, go do a bunch of outreach um, and like customize it. So it's like, it looks unique, but it's like really templated. You're saying like, talk to these two or three companies that like, yes, are super aligned already um, that it's like not a pitch. It's like, Oh, look, we already have like this much in common because I like use your tools and I love your tools. And then they're just like a stamp of approval more than anything. I mean, my
0: email to uh, Rebecca at Hrefs was literally the subject line was, you're the only sponsor I want. That's it. And I like laid it all out. Like, here's the story. Here's the project. Here's my ask of you. If you want to chat more, how does next Monday work? And she replied right away and was like, yeah let's, uh, let's make that happen.
1: Totally. And so, um, once you kind of like wrap up the hundred days of SEO, I think you had kind of mentioned that like, it's nice to have the full-time job, um, that aligns with a lot of the projects that you're working on. Um, what is like the long-term vision for Brendan and SEO for the rest of us and all of those sorts of things? Yeah.
0: So I have a, uh, I'm looking People can't see. Uh, I'm looking off to the side. I have these wonderful giant uh, sticky sheets of paper, like giant post-it notes on my wall here in my office at home. Um, And I have 2020 goals uh, around stuff. I'm going to start a podcast with one of my best buddies. Uh, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to turn SEO for the rest of us into a membership community. Uh, We're going to launch it again here in about just over a month. Or, yeah, just almost exactly a month. It's September now. So when we launch it again, like, that'll just be standard. It's just, you know, there's a community attached. But I want it to be a thing where, like, people are paying to be in there every month and they're invested. And I'm also able to do more of what I do best, which is just not worrying about a launch or worrying about anything else like that, where I just maybe we'll do like a launch where, where it's open and closed or something like that in the future. But I guess my point is, like, I just want, like, a membership community where I can do, you know, I have like regular calls and I'm accountable to them. And it's not like, well, they paid me six months ago. Do I really need to keep doing these like calls, these office hours? I feel like I haven't done a great job with that in the community. And I feel like having an ongoing membership community incentivizes me like, Hey man, do the calls. Do have guests in here. Like do a zoom call just for members with this person. You know what I mean? Like behind the scenes. Um, you know, really addressing what do they need? What do they want? And maybe that answer is like products and things. But I I think like, hopefully it's just me just finding my, uh, Paul Jarvis would call it my rat people, uh, finding the people who really get me and really love what I love. And, you know, who I can just serve, like just full out, you know?
1: And so is the goal to kind of turn that into a full-time thing eventually, or there's just like not a lot of pressure around that? I
0: have no uh, plans to leave click studios anytime soon at all. I love where I work. I wish we do these Monday morning kickstarts. Uh, and it's like, we have two, I guess like we've like two founders, I guess like two partners and then a CTO, uh, who kind of run the show. Uh, but the two like founding partners, they pretty much give like a Ted talk every Monday. And I'm like, (laughs) this is better than any crap I've ever read on the Basecamp blog. Can we publish this? And they're like, no, 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 it's just internal. You know, like the one of them just read uh, the, like uh, the biography of John Steinbeck, wrote like *Grapes of Wrath* and all those books. Um, And he just, like, gave this presentation on Monday, like, a couple days ago, and was like, here's how that relates to, like, a web design project. Here's, like, the 11 phases that Steinbeck went through writing Grapes of Wrath. And it was, like, the ups and the downs, and I don't have any talent, and everybody's going to figure out that I'm, like, the worst author ever. And he's like, you know, he just tied it together, and I was like, oh, I want to publish this stuff. I just see so much future for Click from an education side, obviously our core services but also just like the thought leadership around like running an organization with purpose and all of these other things. And I, I love, I don't know what my future looks like there, but I'm again like hopeful and excited about that feeling. Um, so yeah, I want to continue working there full time. I want like long-term us to walk into big web design pitches and their marketers already know me. They're like, Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. we want to work with click studios. Cause like I know who Brendan is. And like, I want to be able to bring that to the organization. I want to help, uh, continue to 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 bring in leads and close biz I don't know but like yeah I'm stoked about it you can tell like hopefully you can hear it in my voice and uh like I don't know I don't I don't have any intention to leave or anything I think that I, I've loved how I've been able to build everything side by side and how the, it like reinforces one reinforces the next you know what mm-hmm, I mean
1: totally yeah and I mean I think that's like so counter to a lot of the existing advice that like it is supposed to be a path like from one to the other um, but like obviously like the client work informs the like education work and the membership informs your work at click and your work at click informs the membership like it's all connected for sure
0: 100% and like when i make a membership community why doesn't everybody at click get to come in and why doesn't everybody at uh, all of our clients get access their marketers can get access when you work with click studios you get access to seo for the rest of us and you get access to all these trainings and all these different things and like That's what I want. Like, I want to be able to, we already teach that digital marketing class, uh, a digital marketing class at the university of Chicago. And like, I give all of those students access to SEO for the rest of us. Um, And Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I don't know if it, I, I don't care about the money side of it. Like, I just want to build into people and I want to be a part of their journey and their success um selfishly so they'll look back and be like I'm really grateful that he was a part of this but also just because I believe a rising tide raises all boats and like I think when we all do better we all do better you know
1: awesome so um in the meantime while we all kind of wait for the membership um where should folks go to kind of learn more about what you're doing you know
0: what I think would be the most helpful thing for everybody uh I had a 30 day challenge for a while I've boiled it down to 5 days now because um, I want people to be able to take action and get results quickly. I know, like, can I get SEO results in five days? Yes, you can. Uh, as long as you're working on the right things. It really doesn't take that much work. So I put together this kind of five-day challenge. Uh, it's at 100daysofseo.com slash challenge. People will be able to go there and check it out. Um, you'll just get five emails, like starting on a Monday all the way through the week. Take action on them every single day. Uh, and you'll come out with a, some really cool stuff, some really good results. Um, we've had a lot of success so far. So I think that's one of the best things outside of that. Like, I would love it if people checked out the 100 days of SEO podcast. They're obviously listening to a podcast, so they can just type in 100 days of SEO into whatever podcast player they're listening to this in. Um, And then I'll pretend it's because I'm good at SEO. It's really just because I have a unique name. Uh, You can just Google Brendan Hufford and you can feel free to misspell that as much as you want. I'll still come up feel bad for Justin Jackson. Cause <laughs> you can't, go,
1: it's the, <laughs> he's fighting. With it's the worst. He's like three stars, professional yeah. athletes
0: with his same name. <laughs> um, it's such a trip. It's like the opposite of it. I want him to rank. That's my goal. I would love to help Justin Jackson rank number one for Justin Jackson.
1: Well, yeah. And I have kind of a, The opposite challenge of I rank pretty well for Zavostosky, but there's not a lot of people that can figure out how to type that into Google. (laughs) Um, Awesome. So kind of one last question before we head out. Um, I'm curious, basically, based on what we've talked about today and kind of the way that you're balancing between the full time stuff and family and um, 100 days of SEO, how do you kind of define latitude in your own business?
0: So I think a couple things, like I'll just be really honest and transparent. I feel like that's really helpful to note. Like I figured out a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing right now by freaking going to therapy and talking with a professional about all of these thoughts and all of these feelings. It's not that expensive. You're not weird for thinking maybe that that's an option for you. Uh, I think you'd be surprised how many people who are successful have gone to therapy. Um, So I go to therapy and I figure stuff out and I talk with a professional. I have people around me who support me and I find that I get a lot of this by just like really getting crystal, you know, just to bring it back to what we talked about getting really crystal clear about where I want to go and why I want to go there. I pursued a lot of silly stuff early on. Cause I thought like we talked about the, you know, this idea of I needed to do this. It was other people's goals, right? It was other people quit your job, build this, have a seven figure launch, blah, blah, blah. None of that happened. And it won't happen for most of us. And that's fine. But I think the biggest thing that I want to encourage people is like, you know, they're listening to this podcast and you're hearing how like I find latitude and other people do too. But really, the, the key is finding it for yourself. And the best way I have found to find it for myself um, is to take that time away and get out of the, 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 the mess of things, come up for a breath of air look at what you want in the future, consider all of the many ways that you could get there, and then just start pursuing one of those. And when they don't pursue, you know, it doesn't make sense to pursue one anymore, just stop.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Brian. Thanks for tuning in. So here's how Latitude works. It's the full interview you just finished listening to. Then next time, I'll break down some of the topics and themes we just discussed. This short, focused, and extremely actionable episode goes even deeper into some of what we've covered today. Make sure to hit subscribe to get that and other upcoming interviews. This is also the part of the show where I'm supposed to ask you to rate and review the podcast. Instead, I want to make you a little more actionable about applying some of the things we've talked about today. So send a tweet, message, email, or carrier pigeon to a friend about the one thing you learned and how you'll apply it to your business this week. Or send it to me on Twitter at ZavZen. Links and more are in the show notes at createlatitude.com slash podcast. And I just want to remind you that you already have the tools you need to create a little more latitude in your day, your business, and your life.